Welcome to the House That Roast Built podcast with your host, Earl and Tamara, a podcast without limits. So come have a seat at our table and be impacted. All right, all right, all right, people. Welcome back to the House That Rouse Built podcast with your host, Earl and Tamara. What's going on, people? How y'all doing out there? All right. So, what do you think we should talk about today? I left that ball right in your court. <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> What's going on? Well, first I want to give uh, um, my deepest condolences to... Uh, one of my favorite actors um, from the Black Panther and from Thurgood Marshall and from James Brown and from Jackie Robinson. You know him as what? What's his name again? Chadwick? Chadwick Boseman. When I heard the news that he passed, it was just like it hit my soul. Yeah. I think, you know, everyone, you know, took it hard. You know, I was reading an article um, today and they were saying how so many people were upset, you know, at the fact that he didn't tell anyone that he had cancer and that he just kept making movies and going on, you know what I'm saying, with his life and not let anybody in. So they were accusing him of, kind of being selfish and the person that wrote the article they had a a unique perspective they said he didn't go through this alone he had his family he had his friends his wife was with him to the very end and even though he had cancer you know he lived his life to the end on his terms instead of you know just sitting there waiting to die. Right. And I think um, he's a true testament, an example on how we all should live. Um, we all going to die one day. And I think from his life, we can take from what he contribute as a testament um, and as motivation for us to continue to go and to keep moving. In spite of everything, um, we're here on this earth for a reason and a season. And God has a plan for each and every one of us. And our steps are ordered by him. But, you know, we don't want to be like um, what happened in the Bible with the guy with the with the talents. God gave each of us talents. Right. And we don't want to hide our talent. We want to showcase it. You don't want to go at the end of this life and say, well, Dad, what did you do with your life? Right. And, uh, you know, I, I took a couple of things from, um, you know, that article today. And I think the biggest thing is, and I think I was talking, I believe I was talking to you this about this last week. You know, we have become such a society that everybody moves and functions and reacts based on other people's judgments and how they look at people. Right. And I think, you know, we have to get away, you know what I'm saying, from that and start looking at things from a different perspective, start looking at things from God's perspective instead of trying to look at things from man's perspective. Because, you know, everything that 
we we do in this day and time is based off of judgment or what other people say from our politics or what other people think right you know from and that's from our politics you know on down to our personal lives you know we let people dictate you know how we react how we live how we love you know what type of friends we should have and it's like you know Enough is enough now. You know, that's why you see the suicide rate is so high in America. You know, because, you know, we sit around and, you know, we we judge people, but they call it, especially if you look on the news and these sports segments, you know, they get paid to give what you call constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. And I find that you know ironic that you know you can sit up and you can sit on TV and you can give constructive criticism criticism under the guise of judging people when you haven't walked a mile in their shoes. You know what I notice and what I have to learn and learn in the past that you cannot please everybody if you try. To go about um, your life trying to please everybody, you're going to um, have a mountain of stress on yourself. And not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to like what you do. Not everybody's going to agree with you. But you have to learn how to do things and move. First and firm, foremost is what, what would God think? That's, that should be your mindset. What would Jesus do? <laughs> right. And I think all too often, often, you know, we lead, you know, with other people's opinions, you know, the saying others or will put, even the Bible talks about that, you know, saying, it says, don't put your trust and confidence in the flesh because the flesh will do what? Deceive you. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of, a lot of, you know, what we are experiencing, and this is whether you're black, white, Latino, whether you're from overseas, whatever your nationality is, you know, we all suffer from this need to want to please other people and want to make other people happy, even at the expense of our own happiness. Wow. And I think that's something that, you know, we, you know, we have, to, you know, to saying, you know, to stop. You know, we have to stop. You know, there's something I used to say, you know, years ago. And I used to, you know, say to people, you don't throw no stones at my house and I won't break yours down. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to learn to stop sitting on the seat of judgment of other people just because, you know, you may feel like, well, I've got it made and I got this and I got that. What What does the Bible say? It says judge not. Lest he be judged. Lest he be judged. Like, I can't um, look at you and be on that that seat of judgment and not take inventory of my life because I'm not squeaky clean. Nobody is. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we can't sit on this high and mighty seat and look down on everybody and say that uh, we're perfect and we're not. God came, you know, he brought his son in this in this world um, to save us all because we all have sinned. 
What do you feel about um, what's going on in in the news now? Like um, tensions are high. There's a lot of stuff happening on the street. People are dying. Well, I think uh, a lot of what's, you know, going on on the streets is, you know, you have our president Mm -hmm. who, instead of stepping up and being the leader and and letting God, you know, the saying guide him, and his decision making and every step that he takes, you know, out of desperation and want to stay in office, you know, he's willing to stroke the divide that has divided the country straight down the middle. You know, and then if you look in the book of Mark, the Bible says a house divided against itself cannot stand. I think a lot of it, a lot of people are, um, they're tired. Um, they're tired. When I say people, uh, minority people, um, we are forever get being judged. No matter um, if we come from whatever background we came from, you know, the first thing people see is our skin color. Right. Um, never mind our character. Never mind our what's our content. What's in our hearts? The first thing they see is. Our skin color. And as an example, um, uh, what's that guy's name that got shot seven times? I believe it was Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake. Um, And then you look at that guy walking down the street with an assault rifle. Um, He got to go home. That day, they didn't arrest him until a day day later. A day later. Now, had that be uh, a young black man, African-American or Hispanic or whoever, um, walking down the street with a rifle, I don't think that outcome would have been the same. Well, but that's a part of the divide in America. Mm -hmm. You know, we, you know, we may, black people, black and brown people may have more than, you know, you know, our our families have had, you know what I'm saying, coming up. But even though it may look like we have more in this climate, it's almost like we're, we've taken three steps back, you know, because, again, there's so much, you know, backbiting in the world and infighting. Yeah. And, you know, people, you know, will judge you. Right. And throw you in a box and they don't even know you. Right. You know, how can you form an opinion about me if you don't sit down and spend time and hold a conversation with me? I think um, a lot of it is on um, people's upbringing um, and what they've been taught. Um, I don't think when people are born, they're, they're born to hate. This is a, a, a something that's taught. Um, just oh. like just like with the um stove, right? You, you have a child go go to the stove, and you tell them, okay, don't touch it; it's hot, right? But curiosity but takes curiosity over. T- takes over. <laughs> they'll touch it, then they'll learn. Okay, yeah, that's hot. This is a learned behavior, and um, I've seen kids, um, different um backgrounds, different races play together. Right. Well, I don't know if you remember. This was 
maybe when my son was about four, four years old, we had took him to see his pediatrician, you know, for his yearly checkup. Uh And I can remember in the waiting area, they had like a little play area for all of the kids. And immediately when my son, you know, there was some, there was some Caucasian kids there. There was some um, Middle Eastern kids there. There was some Spanish kids there. You know, it was, you know, the doctor's office. And my son said, oh, daddy, can I go over there and play? And I was like, sure, just stay where I can see you. And all of those kids, it was about eight of them, they were got down and they were on the floor playing with the blocks. Neither one of them thought about color or race or anything else. The only thing they thought about is, oh, there's another kid that I can play with. And I said, and I'll never forget, I was sitting next to, you know, one of the parents of the kids, and I looked at him, and I said, this is how you know that racism is taught. Right. And not something that you're born with or something that you inherit. Right. You know, and I I feel like, you know, we sometimes, you know, we need to kind of take our cues and, you know, our and somewhat get our lessons from children. Because if you watch children and how they move, children will show you how to heal a land. Exactly. I mean, look at think about it, think about it like this. God created man. Right? And there's so many different um people in the world. What do you mm-hmm. think heaven's going to be like? Is just going to be one race of people? No. Right. <laughs> but, you know, but everybody doesn't look at that. And that's, you know, that's the, un, you know, the same fortunate thing, you know, because, you know, and my wife tells me all the time, she was like, you know, you just talk to anybody or we will be out and people will just come up to me and just start talking to me out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And it's not even about race with me. You know, you come up to me and you strike up a conversation with me, I'm right there with you. Right. You know, I'll talk, you know, I'll talk to anybody, you know, but in order for us to, you know, close the divide and, you know, get rid of the air that's between us, you know, it has to come from both sides. Right. You know, you, you know, we can't say, oh, well, they don't like me, so I'm not going to deal with them. Mm-hmm. Because if Jesus took on <laughs> that right. persona, right? <laughs> you know, we wouldn't be here right now, right? Nobody would be here, you know. So we always have to take on, you know, you know that expression and the question that my grandmother used to always say to me as a kid: What would Jesus do? Let me ask you a question: um, In your life. I know you can go through countless of, countless stories of being prejudged or judged um, by people and people didn't know who you were, your character. Can you give us an example and how did you overcome that? Well, I mean, which is no secret, you know, I, one of the best, 
the biggest misconceptions. You know, I spent five years in a group home. Right. Um, from the time I was, you know, 15 and I moved out before I turned 20. And one of the biggest misconceptions that people have about people or young men or women that are in a group home is that you're automatically a statistic. Mm-hmm. And statistics say that, oh, you know, if you're in a group home or you're in any type of facility, you're doomed to fail. You know, you're doomed, you're going to fall on your face, you know, because, well, your parents didn't want you. And in hindsight, society has already put a label on you. Wow. Right. But I can tell you this. I did five years in a group home. Yes. I, but I never had a criminal record. Mm-hmm. I never been arrested for anything. You know, I graduated high school. <laughs> I was the first one in my family to actually go to college. Right. Those are huge accomplishments. You know, and all of that, doing all of that while having people tell me, oh, you're not going to be anything. You're going to fail. You know, and, you know, sometimes my wife, she tells me, you know, that I'm a stubborn man. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, but (laughs) I, you know, I am not somebody who's going to let anything defeat me. Right. You know, I I don't care. You know, you can you can have your opinion because at the end of the day, it's just that it's just an opinion. I don't care. You know, the saying what. You know what I'm saying? You say. As a matter of fact, I was telling my wife a story. I was um I was helping someone um install a sound system in a funeral home about a month back. And I know that the equipment was supposed to work and I kept troubleshooting it, kept troubleshooting it. And to make a long story short, I said maybe it's the board. That I had bought in So I told my wife I said I'm going to go get my other board And see if that's the board That's working If the board is the problem And sure enough I went You know Switched out the boards Sound came right on And I remember The the owner of the funeral home He said man I love it He said you refuse To be defeated mm. And that's like that's and that's always been, you know, understand my entire attitude, my entire life. You know, people have said some things to me <laughs> that has made me step back and was like, Wow, did you really just say that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, I was like, Okay, you know, listen, I've survived a lot worse in life. Right. You know? So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, words are just words, and they only get life when you allow them to affect how you move, how you react to people, and what comes out of your mouth next. You know, there's been times when, you know, people have, like, said some things and, like, going at me, and my wife, no. 
I'll be ready to what? <laughs> you know, and then God has said to me, close your mouth. You know, don't say anything. Well, sometimes you have to. Sometimes for your own sanity, sometimes you have to close your mouth because, you know, people could take you there and they can take you there and they can um, trigger you to do things that's out of your character. Mm-hmm. So you remember when you don't think people are watching, people are watching you. <laughs> right, that is very true. And, and you get and you know, one of the you know, one of the things, you know, I would do, you know, people, you know, have burned me, you know, in the past or have said things, you know, directly to my face. And I'll get to the, I used to get to the point where I'll just ignore you. <laughs> we could be in the same room together for two, three hours. I won't acknowledge you. I won't talk to you, you know, but then God, you know, again, had to have another conversation with me and he had to tell me, listen, forgiveness is not for them. It's for you. Mm-hmm. So you apologizing, you know what I'm saying? And you, you can apologize and say sorry to somebody for the way you may have responded to the way they responded to you. But the forgiveness, you saying it, sure, it may make them feel good, but the forgiveness is not for them. It's for you. Right. Because at the end of the day, you know, and I always say this, it doesn't make any sense to be in church all your life. You showing up for Bible study. You're there every Sunday for Sunday school. (laughs) You're probably singing on the choir, leading praise and worship. You know, a prayer warrior, you know, in the church, and then you're holding animosity towards other people, and then you leave this earth and then go to hell. Right. It's not worth it. Right. Or because you didn't want to forgive people. Have you ever been in, in a situation, This and I, and I came across this a few times in my life, where you have people... That may have talked about somebody to you. And the way they talk about them, you would think that they're the worst person ever (laughs) until you got an opportunity to actually, you know, get to know that person. And it'll be like the total opposite. You ever had that experience? Yeah, I have. And I always say this, always say this. You have to deal with people based on how they deal with you and not what their experience was with somebody else. That's so true. Because, you know, just because, you know, our personalities may clash, it doesn't mean that it's going to be the same experience with somebody else. What about those people that say, oh, you talking to her, so if you friends with her, then you're not friends with me. <laughs> right. And uh that let me tell you something. That 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 bothers me. Because, you know, maybe about fifteen, sixteen years ago, you know, I got caught in a well, it wasn't my situation, but it was between me and two of my friends um from high school. You know, we were, you know, thick as thieves since the 10th grade. And, 
situation happened and I immediately I said, listen, I'm friends with both of you equally. I said, I am staying out of it. I am neutral. Mm-hmm. One of my friends got it. The other one stopped talking to me. Wow. And I couldn't understand, <laughs> you know, as far as I was looking at it, I was thought I made the right decision. Right. You know, I didn't need to, right, I didn't need to take a side Mm -hmm. because we were all friends equally. So, you know, and, you know, they went on, you know, about, you know, understand their life. And I understood that, like, no hard feelings, you know. But that's, especially if you are coming up in the church and you're ministering to people and you're witnessing to people, you cannot take on a persona of, Standing on the seat of judgment of people. I feel, um, just to um, say this, I look at um, celebrities and I kind of feel for them because of the line of work that they're in, that they're constantly being judged. Um, A lot of them are, you know, they have all this money and all this notoriety and fame but a lot of them are not happy because they constantly have that eyeball on them or constantly be looked you know being looked at and not um i guess living up to the um certain expectations and um case in point you know we had some people um um recently that tried to com- commit suicide right and i think with that you know, to whether you're a celebrity or whether you're just, you know, a regular, you know, person who doesn't like the limelight, the what will get you, you know what I'm saying, in trouble 99.9999% of the time mm-hmm. is you can have the fame, you can have the fortune, you know what I'm saying, but being popular... And having a whole lot of money can't buy you happiness. And you can't take your eyes off God. Can't. You know, God still has to be your center. You know, because, you know, even in the midst of chaos, God can keep you centered. You know, and keep your mind at peace. So that the things that are going on around you, you know, won't affect you. Right. This no. is why this is why I give it up and he will forever be my superhero outside of Jesus Christ. <laughs> um Chadwick in the midst of his storm in the midst of his crisis he still persevered and pushed and this is just an example of you know what life is. You got to keep pushing in the midst of everything. Eyes on you, people judging you. That's okay. Keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on God and keep it moving. Right. And, you know, he always, for what I've read, you know, he was always concerned about other people. Wow. You know, he was going through something, but he was concerned about other people and that's the attitude you know that well I don't feel I know that we have to take 
take on. Yeah, I'm going through something, but we need, I need to see about other people. You know, that's why, you know, I even tell my, my own kids this. You know, when you pray, don't pray for what you want. Right. Don't always pray, you know what I'm saying, for you to be blessed, but pray for other people. Wow. You know, push other people to the forefront. You know, when I pray, I, I never pray for, oh, God, I need you, you know, to do this, and I need you to do that. My prayer is always, God, you know, help me to take care of your business, mm. and I know that you'll take care of mine. I'm not worried about, you know, the same what I need, you know what I'm saying, from God. I'm worried about what somebody else needs. Because believe it or not, people will be jealous of you mm. and they have more than you. It's true. <laughs> it's true. You know, and it's like, all right, you have more than me, but materialistically, mm-hmm. you have more than me, but yet you're jealous but yet you're jealous of me or you don't like me? Like for what? But it's not, you know, and I had to look at this from a different perspective it's not a natural thing it's a spiritual thing because when you have god who is the head of your life and you're in constant communion with god and you're praying people see that light that shines you know on the outside you know people want to know well how how can i how can i get that Mm -hmm. so you know what you know with us talking about Judging, I think if we replace the judging with loving, (laughs) loving our neighbors, loving and caring for each other, can you imagine where this world would be now? Right. Well, I think a lot of, you know, what has to take place too is people have to turn off the television sometimes Mm. because everything that is promoted on TV today is about, you know, sitting on the seat of judgment. Mm. People are willing to display their entire lives mm-hmm. on reality shows, right. you know, just to make a buck. And it's like, well, where does it end? You know, I used to oftentimes say they have all of these reality shows. I said, listen, we're going to get together and make a reality show Call, I want to be saved. Mm. And we need to be saved in these times. Um, this time, it's time well, for us to change it up. Yeah. Do something different. Right, um, because if you look at it, people get paid well to judge people. Mm-hmm. If we look at our politics, it's never mostly, it's never about you know, a person's record or what they have done. It's who can raise the most money to put together the biggest smear campaign that they can in order to make the other person just look like they are the worst thing since Sunday dinner. Well, it's, the, it's deflection. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to make this person look bad so I can look good. Instead of promoting what you can do, what you plan to do right and unity what, and what you've done <laughs> right unity and togetherness yeah you know it's you know 
it's but this is the way that our society you know the saying has has gone but where these things are now promoted above you know everything and in a lot of ways it has crept into the church because you know you it's all about fashion and what somebody got on this sunday and well, that kind of that kind of slowed down. The pandemic slowed that down, right? And it kind of slowed that I down. Think, I think um, it brought people back to reality, and I think in some some way, um, God brought us back to reality. It's like, okay, you're not going nowhere right now. You in your house. <laughs> you probably got Zoom, and that's about it. But I need you to really focus on me. That's what I need you to focus on. Right, right. Because even in the midst of this, you know, the same, you know, pandemic, you know, which you know, I my prayer is always, you know, let the leaders, you know, let them turn to you, God, for counsel and advice, and stop leaning to their own understanding. Because in leaning to their own understanding. Look how, what, today they said there's, what, over 6 million people in this country alone who have the virus, and it's over 180,000 deaths. You know, what their strategies and the way that they're going about things is not working. And God is sitting here and saying, my hand is stretched out. Right. Take my hand and let me guide you. You know, but, you know, they're not doing that. But us as the saints, we have to keep praying. We have to. We have to keep praying. We have to keep moving. And we have to keep loving each other. Yes. We have to keep loving each other. And I want to I promote it today. If you haven't um, called your, your brother, your sister, your friend in a long time, Pick up the phone and call them and say, you know what, brother, sister, I love you. Do something kind for someone that you don't even know. I challenge you today. You know, do something different. Go against the grain. Do something different from what you see on the news. Do something positive. Right, because we always have all of these challenges, you know, the ice water challenge and the mannequin challenge and this, that, and the third, you know. So, yes, America, the world, mm-hmm. we challenge you to do something for somebody who's less fortunate than you. Mm-hmm. You know, be a blessing to somebody today. And be the difference today. Right, be the change that you want to see happen. And on that note, we're going to close this episode out. We want to thank everyone for tuning in. Thank you, guys. To the House That Rouse Built podcast. Yes. And until our next episode, stay prayerful, be blessed, love on one another, give God your all. Be blessed, guys. Good night. Just what you've been waiting for. A new, fresh point of view straight out of the house that Rouse built. With your host, Earl and Tamara Rouse.